0: Welcome to the Job Interview Experience. I'm a former executive recruiter, search firm owner, director of talent acquisition, today the founder of Candidate Club Interview Prep and your host of the Job Interview Experience. Joining us today is Sarah Baker Andrus. Sarah is the CEO of Avera Careers, a career coaching business. One of the things that makes Sarah unique is that, like me, she has worked on all sides of the hiring equation as a recruiter, hiring manager, and a career counselor serving in the corporate world, nonprofits, and academia. When it comes to the hiring process and how it works from the inside, Sarah has seen it all. In addition to leading Avera careers, Sarah teaches as an adjunct professor and serves as the assistant director of career services at the University of Delaware, coaching MBA students and alumni. Today, she's going to help us with strategies that separate a successful candidate from the ones who struggle so that ambitious, motivated, early to mid career professionals and career changers. Don't have to feel stuck anymore. Sarah, welcome to the job interview experience, and thank you for being here.
1: Thank you so much for the opportunity to talk to you, Matt.
0: Sarah, we'd like to get to know you a little bit better. Outside of work, how do you like to spend your free time?
1: Sure. Well, the first thing that comes to my mind is that I've always been a little bit of a fitness fanatic. And uh, right now, for me, that means uh, running and doing yoga and I also enjoy my indoor bike when the weather's not great uh, and recently I have really devoted myself to uh, a more serious meditation practice I've been a practicing meditator for a number of years and one of the things that made me I think dive deeper into it is actually very relevant to what we're talking about today um, and that is the anxieties that naturally arise when it, uh, it comes to a job search and some of the inevitable obstacles that job hunters face. And I really like to bring uh, meditation practices to my clients so that they can use them to help them navigate that uh, as it arises.
0: If you could just choose one of those exercises that you were talking about, what do you have to have in your life to feel like yourself?
1: i would say it's any opportunity to get outside as you just mentioned even if the weather is pretty lousy i i will make a point to try to get outside for at least a few minutes every day i think being in nature has a unexpected calming on us and so for me getting someplace uh even if it's a walk to a local park if we have those opportunities where we live i think that's great
0: It's a good reminder for our listeners that if you haven't gotten out of the house for a little while or gone and meditated, done yoga, went for a walk, uh, here's our reminder from Sarah and I to make sure to get out and do that for yourself. Sarah, can you give us a brief overview of your career and the journey of what led you to where you are today?
1: You know, I uh, am one of those people that uh, found myself In a particular job, so I had uh, a kind of uncommon experience. Uh, My what I studied as an undergrad became uh, really extinct. I studied Soviet foreign policy, and of course, there is no more Soviet Union. And at the time, I was um, really sort of grappling with uh, how I was going to use that. I thought maybe the foreign service, but I'm old enough that. If I would have entered the Foreign Service at that time, they couldn't have guaranteed that uh, my husband, who was also interested in that, uh, that we would have even had the same placement. You know, so dating myself a little bit now, of course, things have changed. But I began to reevaluate things. And meanwhile, I got a job that happened to be uh, at Johns Hopkins uh, at their School for Advanced International Studies. And I fell in love with academia. And I thought, wow, this could really be a place for me. And then uh, in graduate school, the, the, um, the GA role that I happened to get was actually helping adult students who had returned to the university, uh, either because they have been laid off or downsized or women returning to the workforce. I was helping them with their career search. That was just my job on campus. And that became a a lifetime fascination with how people choose careers and how careers sometimes chose us. And certainly, this chose me. And I moved from that role in academia into corporate, as you mentioned in your introduction. And I began, you know, working for a very large marketing firm, helping them with their campus recruiting, ultimately advancing that program. Uh, and greatly expanding the nature of their recruiting. What a lot of people don't know about recruiting is that it, it is primarily a marketing function because we're trying to sell the company on why, you know, we're trying to sell a prospective recruit on why the company would be a good place to work. And I really enjoyed the job. I also uh, had a chance to get in early on a lot of the Internet uh, role in recruiting, which is now pervasive. Uh, And it was a wonderful, um, wonderful opportunity to grow myself, to learn about what matters in the workplace. And I became really a resource to people unexpectedly where – people would ask me, oh, Sarah, could you help me? I, I really am thinking about making a move, and you seem to know a lot about this. And so I wound up being kind of an a informal coach to many, many people and thoroughly enjoyed that work. Uh, I moved on to another company, and I received the gift of a layoff 18 months later, and that was amazing because it gave me a chance to uh, rethink what I really wanted to do and I took careful notes in that conversation with myself. I haven't looked back for a minute and really took pieces of my own journey that I had um, learned from and brought that to my clients uh, and continue to really want to help people uh, find meaningful careers that provide some sort of enduring satisfaction, maybe not happy every day, but something that feels good enough to get us out of bed in the morning.
0: We are an audience of job seekers. Can you share some insight on the biggest mistakes you see people make while or when they are job hunting?
1: I think that the biggest mistake people make is when that trigger comes, oh, I need to find something else or, oh, this isn't the place for me. Uh, that That's a great trigger. We feel a lot of energy there. And enthusiasm excitement and we misuse that energy enthusiasm and excitement because the first thing most of us will do is hop on a job board and then one of two things will happen either we're the sort of person who will look at different job postings and say oh i'm not qualified for that and we'll rule ourselves out without giving it a chance or we're the sort of person who applies for everything and says oh that looks good click apply that looks great In both cases, we set ourselves up for a stall because, on the one hand, we're frustrated, we're feeling down on ourselves, and on the other hand, we're not hearing back because only 20% of open jobs are ever posted on an online job board. So it's almost as though we set ourselves up for failure by not using that initial energy and enthusiasm appropriately, and then fear sets in, and then we give up until the next trigger. So I see so many people getting into this cycle of trigger, enthusiasm, excitement, job board, apply, 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 and then fear and stall.
0: What's the right cadence for that, in your opinion, as far as seeking out opportunities, soul-searching and applying at the right pace?
1: I think this is somewhat counterintuitive, but uh, where I see people having the most success is uh, taking a more proactive approach to the job search. And that begins by taking that energy and turning it inward and deciding what's important to me in my next role. ...of what skills do I have and then Which of those things that I'm good at do I actually want to do? And which of those things make me feel great? Uh, And then looking at employers and building a target list. Well, what employers am I interested in? And then, rather than making the job board our first step, research those employers. Start connecting with people who work there. Look at what that company says about itself on its website. Check out their career page and become familiar with the type of opening are there. Actually speak to people who are in the roles you might be interested in. That's really going to set you up for success because you're going to have an opportunity to take action beyond just clicking apply. And yes, of course, clicking apply is in there as well, but when you can support an online application with an internal connection, either someone you know or someone you choose to meet using platforms like LinkedIn or other connections, that's really going to be a recipe for success.
0: There is nothing wrong with reaching out to someone on LinkedIn. Of course, you want to be polite and professional and saying, I have a similar job as you, or maybe I'd like to be your role that you have that I see at this company. Is my goal one to five years from now? Do you have any advice, any insight on the industry, anything I should have on my mind? Obviously, you want to be polite because this is a cold message, but I would never hesitate to encourage someone to do that and be targeted. Don't send out 20 message, messages in a day. Be sincere. But there are people who are happy to send you a message back as a mentor, give you some insight, tell you some lessons they learned on either side of the table. So I don't think I've said that on the podcast before, that strategy to do that. but So I'm glad that you brought that up. And then with LinkedIn— I've had listeners ask me something, and I'm, I'm actually not the best resource on this. I, I haven't updated my LinkedIn profile in a while, so I'm really glad you're here because I know this is one of your areas of expertise. The LinkedIn profiles seem to be as important, if not more important, than a resume because people can't just find your resume. They can look you up on LinkedIn. Can you tell us what makes a LinkedIn profile great?
1: Sure. Um, in fact, just, just to add some uh, research to what you just said, we know that about 87% of recruiters are going to check you out if they want to interview you on LinkedIn. And by the way, you should check out the people you're interviewing on LinkedIn, too. Just looking at their picture will give you more confidence in the interview process. And, and that brings us to that section of LinkedIn that is I call above the fold, like in a newspaper. That section of LinkedIn that you don't have to scroll down, that's the most valuable part of your profile. So you wanna have a great shot, shoulders up, no random hand hang, hanging over your shoulder. Uh, it doesn't have to be professionally taken, just a good shot of your face. You also don't want to use LinkedIn's pre-filled neutral banner. Use that space instead to choose something that you like, something that might tell us a little bit about your interests or something that just, uh, you know, you think is pretty cool looking. Use that banner and fill that in. There are plenty of uh, free LinkedIn banners on Google Images or Canva that you can access. The most neglected part of the LinkedIn profile though, is actually the headline. And that's what normally LinkedIn will fill in as your most current job title, unless you go in and change it. And I suggest that you do. Just click into that settings pencil, go into the headline and put what you do. Because honestly, that job title you may have, it could mean a hundred different things at a hundred different companies this day, these days. So, uh, use recruiting search terms that might define what you bring to the table. So, for example, uh, you might say business analyst, and then you can use the, the little vertical bar that's above your enter key on your keyboard, or you can use a bullet in that space and add something else, maybe business analyst marketing content manager or business analyst uh, marketing uh, specialty or you could say um, customer support whatever it is that defines you that you've observed is being used now in most job postings and here's where a job board like LinkedIn comes in handy is that you can really learn about the current job titles and what's the language that's being used right now because in your country Current role, you might be a customer service rep, but that might be called client support in another organization. So make sure that is current. And then also, you want to be sure to actually link to your alma mater. A lot of opportunities can come from those alumni connections. And when we talked about reaching out to LinkedIn on LinkedIn, you can actually go to a company, click on their people tab. And you can search on your college or university and LinkedIn will tell you who's on LinkedIn that works at that company. So you want to be sure above your fold to have the icon of this college or university you attended that will tell LinkedIn who they should connect you with uh, that are also alumni where you went to school. I've also read very recently that the about section, which is the first The fold, that about section should include as much as possible. And people are making a mistake by keeping it brief. It's an opportunity to write a narrative prose about who you are. You can also list skills in there and recruiters are using uh, search engine crawls for keywords in your about section. So those are just a few tips.
0: We talked about job seekers being a little bit overwhelmed on the application side and maybe approaching that the wrong way. What are some other mistakes that job seekers make when job hunting?
1: Yeah. um, One of the things that seems to come up for a lot of people is that once we get a few interviews under our belt, we feel pretty confident and we stop. And that's understandable because job hunting is emotionally exhausting. So it's very tempting to stop. But I really urge people to keep their foot on the gas pedal and keep going, even if you have a few interviews lined up, an interview isn't an offer. And if you keep going, you actually will keep your energy high and maximize the chances that you may even have several offers, which improves your negotiation position when you finally get down to deciding where you want to work.
0: Those are wise words, and I've seen that happen many times. Sarah, from your observation, how can we manage the mental obstacles that can interfere with one's job search?
1: First of all, your support system is really important. So if you have a few friends or family members that you can ask in advance, hey, if I'm having a down day, can I give you a call? I also think this is where career coaches like us become very, very important as cheerleaders. And the thing about the mental obstacles is when we sit with um, a concern like, oh, did I answer that question properly? And we're thinking about an interview afterwards and our, we're allowing our heads to spin. Uh, that's really when we need an objective voice to say, yeah, you're okay. That sounded like a fine answer to me. Or maybe not somebody who can be honest with you an objective voice who could say you know i think you probably could have done better on that one and here's what i suggest so in my mind the the mindset piece is uh is fraught with challenges so that and if we know that going in and we build in some guardrails for ourselves to find intentional ways to stay positive. I I like to encourage people to read their resumes and remind themselves how awesome they are and remind themselves what they've accomplished. Uh, I'm also a believer in, uh, and this is where um, meditation can come in or some other uh, spiritual practice, I'm, I'm a great believer in affirmations and not that we fake them, you know, I wouldn't expect you to, say anything that was untrue but why not say to yourself I'm a great candidate for this job because the truth our mental voice that that mental chatter it's just that so why choose to have it go negative if you hear yourself spinning in a negative place well that's just your voice change it change the story you're telling yourself because that's all it is so you might as well create a positive one that sounds authentic, real to you, that you can remind yourself of on a daily basis.
0: How do you think a hiring manager chooses between two equally qualified candidates?
1: Um, The truth is that they're not equally qualified. So it's easy to say equally qualified if you're just looking at somebody on paper. So on paper, they may be equally qualified. But in person and in the interview, what the manager is measuring is fit for the organization. So I like to remind people that if they've got the interview, they're already qualified. So your job in an interview is to show that you're a good fit and that requires anticipating the manager's needs and we're not the only ones that are anxious in an interview you know from your own backgrounds that hiring managers have a lot of fears as well and they are anxious so your job is to put them at ease by understanding what they need and you can get clues for that from the job posting you can get clues for that from people you've connected with in the company and then how you handle yourself in the interview which should be confident and relaxed and putting the manager's fears at ease. A lot of the questions we get asked in an interview reveal the fear. So for example, a conflict with a coworker and how you handled that. Well, the fear on the man might be a problem to them and you might not be able to get along with the team. And so you you should have an answer that demonstrates that you're actually somebody who knows how to manage conflict. And when you've been faced with it in the past, you have handled it very well to everyone's satisfaction. So the manager isn't choosing between two equally qualified candidates. They're choosing between two people in front of them and how they handle themselves in a inherently stressful situation. And the person who is best is going to get the offer.
0: Sarah has a TEDx talk titled, For a Greater Career, Be a Rebel. Sarah, we would love to get an overview of how to be a rebel and look at one's career as an adventure.
1: I like to think of a great career as something of a rebellion because um, we are emerging into this completely unknown world future of work uh in the job market where we really need to take control and it used to be that somebody would take a job with a company and then they get a few promotions and continue to move up and maybe move companies once or twice well what we know now is that the average college grad in in the last several years is probably going to have four jobs before they turn 30. So this means you are in charge. It is not up to anybody else to recognize what you contribute in the marketplace. You need to tell them and you need to go for what you want. So being a rebel means taking risks. We tend to greatly overestimate risk and we tend to dramatically underestimate our ability to handle it. by sh- take risks by applying for jobs that are a stretch, by reaching out to strangers and making connections, by not sitting quietly and waiting for somebody to uh, to recognize how wonderful you are, um, you're going to be able to chart your own path. I see this as an adventure because uh, i think of it like a hike and i i did describe this in my ted talk we're we're big hikers and if you've done any hiking you know that um uh there are usually either stakes along the trail or blazes on the trees that would indicate a place you can turn off on your hike and so you may be on a hike that the ground feels a little unsteady there are lots of roots and stones and you're uncomfortable see that blaze on the trail see that stake pointing out to to the left take that path instead and maybe that view will be better and maybe the company on that path will be better and all these trails get you to the summit all these trails it's actually what you're learning along the way and what you're picking up that are creating a great career it is more risky it is more rebellious to say nope I'm going to go do my own thing I'm going to uh, you know, not follow the pack because here 's the thing that we know: the candidate who gets the offer is actually the candidate who stands out from the pack, so that means you have to do things a little differently
0: our careers and the job seeking process, whether we like it or not, it is an adventure. I sometimes I call it a journey. I prefer what you say as an adventure. really, the choice is whether we embrace it or not i 'm so happy that you have that message sharing it with. Our audience and other job seekers, because it's true and it changes the mindset. From my observation, you never know when the journey is going to end until probably the end of one's career. But looking back, almost every scary time that we have, whether it be unsure of what the next job will be or how to pivot in a career, it's always amazing how that leads us to great things for our listeners. Embrace the adventure. Step bravely into it. With the tools we provide, or Sarah provides, or anything else you can find out there, that's your toolkit, that's your backpack to help you get through all of this. Along with the adventure and the rebellion, do you have any other outside-of-the-box thinking or strategies that you've implemented with a candidate that you've coached during the hiring process that we could have on our minds as well?
1: The candidates that I've worked with uh, who have been the most successful, they have a few things in. And the, the biggest one is the, um, the really thorough examination of what do I want. So, for example, I'm walking a, a client through an exercise where um, we're identifying a skill set that she really wants. Well, you know, many of us are very good at a lot of things. We don't necessarily enjoy them, so I think being really clear on what you enjoy is going to help you build mastery in that. And mastery is really what you're offering any employer. So, being doing an exercise, for example, about high point moments in your in your career when you have excelled and creating. Narratives and stories around these high point moments. They can be really brief. One of my clients said, Well, I really, you know, I don't feel great about all of my achievements. And together we identified a few concrete stories where she's telling me about a time that she helped um, uh, one of her colleagues was struggling with handling a particular customer. And she wound up being. The best advisor to that colleague and she's telling me about how she asked the colleague a lot of questions and asked some questions about the customer and going through that story arc and pulling helping her pull out the skills all of a sudden she had a long list of what she brought to the table that she had never even before so this idea of looking at the high point achievements and reflecting on what it took to get that done both skills which are what we do and character traits which are who we are so why not talk about our patience why not talk about our persistence frequently an employer will ask a question well what makes you better than the other candidates we're interviewing well if you've been through this exercise you will know that it's those soft skills like dedication and imagination and creativity, the things that we don't learn in school, the things that we we just are. Those are the things that really distinguish us and help us stand out. Uh, the high point stories also are in our back pocket. Once we've written five or seven of them, it would be very unusual for there to be an interview question you couldn't answer because they should involve over obstacle, uh, something that really shines a light on who you are and what you offer.
0: Sarah, how do our listeners connect with you, and how can they learn more about your work?
1: Absolutely. So I'm on uh, LinkedIn at Sarah B. Andrus, and on Instagram at Sarah B. Andrus. Twitter is at Sarah B. A. And my website is Avara, A V A R A H, Avara Careers.com.
0: For our listeners, I'll put those links to Sarah in this episode's description. So whether you're on your phone or a computer, you if you click um, this episode that you're on, look at that description. That's how you can find Sarah. And then finally, you know, we like to end things on a positive note on the job interview experience. So, Sarah, what message would you like to leave with our listeners?
1: Well, I think that a lot of stress in job hunting we create for ourselves because we feel like this choice that we're making is a forever decision. It's not a forever decision, it's our next best step.
0: Sarah, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your wealth of experience. It makes an impact and we're all grateful for you. I ask that you please join us again anytime. I actually have an idea. Let's bring you back in 2022. Let's talk about something that you mentioned earlier about uh, marketing oneself in the, the job seeking and interview process. It's probably my favorite subject, uh, how to sell one's candidacy. So can we plan on that to bring you back?
1: I would love that. Thank you, Matt.
0: Great. Well, please find more information about Sarah Baker Andrus in this episode's description. And Sarah, thank you again for joining us. Are you feeling frustrated with the job hunt? Are endless applications and a radio silence getting you down? You can now book me for $1 a minute for 30, 45, or 60 minutes. Don't need 45 minutes? Don't pay for it. Want to do 30 minutes now and maybe 30 minutes later? Once you progress, let's do it. We can conduct a mock interview. I'll help you format great responses that make a difference. We can improve your resume and cover letter to help get you noticed. I'm here to consult with you. If you're in a unique situation and want input from someone that has seen it all, and can help you succeed like I have so many others. It's super simple. You just go to jobinterviewexperience.com and click the $1 a minute coaching button at the very top of the page. Select the amount of time you wanna meet, and then you can look through my availability without having to pay. Check out my availability, pick a time, and pay $1 a minute for 100% of my attention. It's blocked into 30, 45, or 60 minutes, so we won't go over, you won't get charged anymore than what you pay at checkout. Remember, the faster you invest in yourself, the faster you land that dream job. Go to jobinterviewexperience.com or follow the link in this episode's description. I'm excited to meet and help you take control of your career today.